There are stories about what happened. It's true. Everybody and welcome to this week's Star Wars Canon Podcast, episode 49. I'm your host, Stephen Hall, and joining me today is J.G. Cars. How are you doing today, J.G.? Uh, I'm doing very well. Very excited to talk Star Wars with you. It, always exciting. Uh, even if there isn't much news, there's always something to talk about. Yeah, and you know, sitting down, we didn't get to have a show last week, but we're looking forward to kind of catching up on the past two weeks worth of news and keeping everyone up to date. Before we get started, I just wanted to give a quick little shout out. I know this week um, I teach at a small little school in Western Pennsylvania, and I was really fortunate. Um, another teacher of mine, they had an elective class where they were showing A New Hope this week. And, you know, they asked and I, they knew how much I love Star Wars. I got to come in and give a guest lesson and talk about the hero's journey from Joseph Campbell's point of view and Luke Skywalker and all things canon. And the kids had a lot of great questions and I promoted the podcast on there. So I've gotten a few more listeners this week. And if any of my students are listening to quote Master Yoda, truly wonderful, the mind of a child is. <laughs> but I wanted to thank them for supporting our page as well. All right, we've got our typical rundown today. We're going to look at a variety of topics, including films, novels, comics, TV. And then that's about it today. So I'm going to start with some film news. And this came from last week. Disney CEO Bob Chappick reaffirmed that Kathleen Kennedy is secure um, and will be continuing to work for the foreseeable future at Lucasfilm. When one uh, person asked at an interview, they asked about Kathleen being fired and Bob Chappick said, quote, we've been absolutely thrilled that we can have the creative talent in our company, the likes of Kathleen Kennedy. We look forward to having Kathleen directing Lucasfilm activities for years to come. JG, what was your first thought when you saw this in the headline? Um, so my, my first thought was like, who is asking these questions? Like, I feel like this is a question that I would see in the comment section of a YouTube video and not at a, at a, at a stock meeting. Um, but in all seriousness, I'm not surprised. Um, Kathleen Kennedy is like, if I remember correctly, don't quote me, but like she's like number two um, in the all-time producer be only behind Kevin Feige. And he recently just got that because of the Marvel movies. Like, this is a no-brainer. She has so much experience. And not only that, she has results. Barring Solo, which, in my opinion, was set up to failure to begin with, um, every Disney Wars film has made a crap ton of money. Whether you disagree with the content and the story direction, at the end of the day, Disney's a business and they have made, she's made a lot of money for the company. She's made a lot of return on investment in the films. <laughs> They're not firing her. No. And I mean, if you pull up her IMDb, which I just did, I mean, she has 107 producer credits underneath her belt, some famous, you know, award-winning films. Like, like you said, there's, she's not going anywhere. And, you know, whenever George Lucas trusted her, it wasn't like Disney picked her to run the company. George Lucas, right before he knew he was stepping down and selling, 
Uh, um, he decided to put Kathleen in charge and he's worked with her for years on Indiana Jones going all the way back exactly. Jurassic Park, you know, Spielberg, like she has such a breadth of just a wide variety of different topics. And again, I think we've seen such division the past couple of years between Star Wars fans because of some of the choices made in the movies. Well, that's not all on Kathleen Kennedy. Yes. At the end of the day, she is making some big decisions, but if we think about it, that you know, Disney realized, hey, we're rebringing Star Wars back to life in 2015. They knew they needed to start with episode seven. For some reason, that's, that's where the starting point was. They said, you know, we've got Harrison, we've got Carrie, we've got Mark, let's bring them back, let's finish out, and then we'll can do some new things. Think about 2015 to 2019 as like your phase one, you know? They had to get some projects out of the way, some things under the belt, and just look at how things are really shaping up as what I'm thinking like as a second phase, you know, you, we see the Mandalorian, which has been running on all cylinders. We have, and I know JG and I were talking right before we started, we've got the higher public phase one in the publishing and also this awesome crossover comic event we're going to talk about later today. There's just so many things to look forward to. And just like Marvel is releasing weekly content right now on Disney plus that's star Wars next year. It would have been this year, probably without a pandemic, but man, you know what? I really feel like, you know, give her a chance. I, whether that means she's going to stay in that position or maybe move around in Lucasfilm, I don't know exactly, but um, I think she gets a little bit more hate than she deserves. Would you agree there? Oh, I definitely agree. And I think it's, it's so hard. Cause like, again, like you're entitled to your opinion when it comes to like how you feel about the story and the content, but it just comes down to like the results. Like I look at this and it's like the force awakens like in us made 936 million. The Last Jedi, 620 million. Rogue One, 532 million. Episode uh, 9, uh, 515 million. That's a lot of money. And unless she does something that's really drastic, I don't think she's ever getting fired. We're going to get that PR statement, you know, probably in the next decade or two that says she's stepping away and she's stepping into the sunset, either to do future endeavors or to you know end it you know and just to uh right off into the sunset she's not getting fired she her contract is up in the summer i think june we're gonna get an announcement soon we might not even get an announcement but it's gonna get extended like she's here to stay i would say for at least the next i would say probably eight ten years at least and kudos to chapik for like responding to these again yes questions that don't seem the most appropriate at the right situation. Um, I, that was kind of our only big news on film in the past two weeks. I'm sure, like I said, right now they're focused a lot on Disney plus, but I know they will be ramping up more film production that we'll be able to talk about soon. Let's move over to the novel side of things. Another piece of news that came out of last week. Um, there was an announcement made on the same day from Del Rey star Wars books and DK books. And basically, the long story short is throughout this year, there were going to be two books, if not more, that have now been canceled. Um, we had a Mandalorian visual guide, which would have focused on season one and two. And then we also had an original novel based with Mandalorian characters, Mandalorian universe. Both are canceled. And both DK books and Del Rey books put out a very similar statement that said, due to ever-expanding world of the Mandalorian, we will no longer be publishing the Mandalorian Ultimate Visual Guide, and the Mandalorian Original Novel at this time, as the story continues to unfold on the screen. Um, JG, what were your thoughts when this was announced? So 
there had been a lot of rumors that this was happening for about maybe a little bit over a month ago that this had been in the talks. Um, and so there's, it's the big conversation, I think, is like, is this because they're telling this story specifically with the novel? Are they telling this story in flashbacks or whatever in The Mandalorian or maybe something changed in the story that negates this? Or is this because of the whole uh, Gina Carano and Cara Dune stuff? I initially tend to lean towards the story is either changing or they want to show that story in TV. And at the end of the day, like a visual media, like TV and film is always going to take precedence over books or comics. Um, those are very important to Star Wars and they're very cool. And we obviously, as people who uh, dive into canon, we enjoy those. But at the end of the day, TV and movies are always going to have the higher um, pecking order, for lack of better terms, um, to have that story told. And so if Dave and also, um, I just blanked on his name, <laughs> um, Dave and his uh, partner. Uh, John Favreau. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, if they want to tell that story, like they're going to have all rights to be like, yeah, sorry, that book's not. But as I've heard more conversations, it kind of makes me wonder if maybe it does have a little bit to do with Cara Dune. Yeah, I think there's a combination of both things happening. And I don't think we're ever going to find out the full story. That's, you know, behind, you know, non-disclosure yes. agreements, closed doors. But um, let's look at both sides there. You know, I like what you said, Dave and John, they have proven themselves with probably one of the most in-demand pop culture events of the past two years with the Mandalorian. And I think with their upcoming Rangers of the New Republic, with their upcoming Ahsoka and whatever that ends up culminating in, they don't want to be have their hands tied even in the slightest. Because if some small event happens in a novel or some reference in a visual dictionary, they don't want to have to say, oh, we can't do that because it would mess up the canon. So they want a clean slate and you know what, if they wrap up their story in the next four or five years, however long it takes, then sure, if you want to go fill in the gaps or release a visual dictionary of this whole part of the universe, go for it. That would be awesome. I love the visual dictionaries from the movies. They always have a little bit of extra information by Pablo Hidalgo. And what's kind of not sad, but it, you do feel a little bit bad is you know that both these books were almost ready for, pre for press because the novel was supposed to come out at the end of last year right around the end of season two. And they kept pushing it back. I had it already pre-ordered both books and both of them got canceled on Amazon. Um, let's go to the Gina Carano thing because here's or the Cara Dune thing, excuse me, because here's the thing. If you don't publish, like maybe the novel was all about her point of view. And I understand that you can't have her on the cover, whatever. But if the visual dictionary was all about Mandalorian season one and two, and yes, she was a supporting character and you have to take out two or three pages that becomes a whole other issue where people are like, well, she's a main, she's a supporting main character. Where is she at? I mean, you have to reference her or you're loosing out on a big chunk of what happened in the story. I get that. But, you know, I also collect and read the, you know, ultimate star Wars encyclopedias and stuff. So are you telling me that when they put out another edition of that in the next year or two, that you're not going to have a reference at all to Cara Dune? Um, because again, she's proven herself. You know, even if we don't see the character again, give her that one page, move on with it. Because I think yeah. you're going to get people up in arms in a year or two if another book comes out and she's not referenced at all. What do you think? I, I agree. I, I think when it comes to the reference book, 
I think when I think about that, I think it's more they want to culminate the whole Mandalorian series and possibly include some of the other shows if they want to or information. And so it makes more sense for them to make one complete big book versus like three smaller outdated books, you know? Because like these ultimate visual like complete dictionaries always gets outdated within like five years because there's always new shows, new books, new comics. And so I think if you could just wrap it up, like, because we know Mando is not going to go on forever. Like Mando realistically is probably going to end somewhere between season four and six. I'd be shocked if it goes past season six, to be honest. Um, so we know that there is a, it's a finite end at some point. And I think that, you know, they could be more detailed. Like, because we would always get the sequel trilogy uh, visual guides and everything. And they would always be lacking information specifically towards the third act of the movies because they wouldn't want to spoil it. Mm -hmm. So I would rather wait, buy one big book that's maybe $60, $70 versus four books that are like $20 that have like missing outdated information. I agree 100%. Absolutely. Um, So hopefully that visual dictionary will be released in a couple of years. Like you said, I'd rather get a full complete edition than something that's partially completed. Moving on to the comic news. Um, we just had Bounty Hunter. What issue just came out this week? And I just read it before we started. And I'll pull that up. But we had just one issue this week on the Bounty Hunters. And I think next week we're going to see the Dr. Afra issue pop up. The current Bounty Hunter um, arc that I just read here today, it's really kind of leading into what we're about to talk about. It's issue number 10 that just came out. And um, it had a couple of nice references, but it kind of sets the stage for where we're headed um, into what we're about to talk about. Basically, this week, um, every couple of months in advance, Marvel Comics puts out their solicitations where they talk about upcoming issues. And this week was the big announcements of what's coming out in June. And basically, there were kind of two eras we're going to talk about, the High Republic number six, which, again, we're reading through those comics. And what was interesting about this one was Avar Chris from the High Republic book series is front and center on writing a rancor. So we'll talk about that. But also what was interesting was we're now seeing how they're going to start to cross over this big crossover event over the next few months between War of the Bounty Hunters number one, Star Wars 14, Dr. Aphra 11, Bounty Hunters 13, Darth Vader 13. So just looking at those covers and brief descriptions, JG, is there any issue that you're most excited about over the next couple of months as we get more comics coming our way? Yeah, in regards to, like, the War of the Bounty Hunters and all that, that's really interesting to me. Like, I like kind of, like, these event-type series. I don't read a lot of comics. I used to try. There's just so many different comics that are coming out, and, like, it's hard to keep up with. Um, I'm lucky that I could keep up with books and, and TV shows in general, uh, but to add comics. Uh, but I always, like, covers always look so good, so interesting. I love Afra. I, I have read, except for this current one, I've read all of Afra before this. Um, so Afra is definitely up there for me. Uh, love the character. Want her um, live action as soon as possible. Um, I think just the whole concept and of the bounty war of the bounty hunters is interesting to me. I agree. I think when we go back and watch Empire Strikes Back and we, or even excuse me, Return of the Jedi, and we see Han right there in Jabba's palace, you know, it was kind of I hate to say implied before that Boba Fett left Bespin on Slave One with Han. And he goes, and because it's only a year in that time gap. Yeah. So we didn't think there was much more to tell, but 
this is going to be proving that all the characters were involved trying to find Han before he even makes it to Jabba's palace. There's been some great artwork out with that. And again, it's just something that kind of gets you excited because if you read all of it, like some of us do, it really enhances your overall connection to this shared universe. And it makes uh, sense. Like, it, it makes sense that, like, they're gonna not just let Boba get away with this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I know I saw comments that were like, oh, this is like, this is stupid. But in my opinion, <laughs> like, obviously, like, like for me, it makes sense. Like, they're not gonna just like, oh, Boba got him. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just gonna go find another bounty. Han Solo is probably the largest one of, if not the largest targets in the bounties in the galaxy. You're not gonna just like, call it a day, go get a beer. Like, no, you're gonna go get him. If you can still get that bounty, you're not gonna stop him. So of course, I think that makes that a really interesting, like we, we've seen like, you know, like the rebel war, the civil war, the clone wars and all this, but like to see kind of like this war, like something that was teased for Solo too, even mm-hmm. like this criminal war, like to see something like that is so new, but yet so exciting. Star Wars. Yeah, and I think, you know, this wraps up in October, and then we have the Book of Boba in December. I mean, if they're doing more of this connective tissue, maybe we will see some references, or hopefully it will see some more of those familiar or even some new bounty hunters from this arc, and just get to see them a couple years later in live action would be awesome. Do you think reading um, the, because I know bounty hunters, like in general, has been going on for a little bit now. Do you think mm-hmm. it's like almost required to read that to lead into War of the Bounty Hunters? You know what? I hate to say it, but that's probably going to be the one that's going to have the biggest connection, obviously, because it's War of Bounty Hunters. And in the first 10 or 11 issues here of Bounty Hunters, they've introduced and reintroduced some famous bounty hunters in these small little arcs. So I feel like if you want to kind of get caught up, that'd be a good one to do. Also, because the main bounty hunter that you follow throughout the bounty hunter marvel comic his name's valance and he has popped up a few times he was in legends and they brought him into canon and he was actually connected with han solo in the imperial imperial academy leading up during that um you know cut part of time there during solo Mm -hmm. and so you know where it hangs off here on this little cliffhanger leading into this like valance knows han solo but valance didn't know that han solo wasn't carbonite so there's something more personal here than just trying to get that reward from Jabba the Hutt. Speaking of characters that have gone from legends to canon, nice little segue. Um, Dr. Afra number 11 coming out in June has Dr. Afra, Santa Staros on the cover facing off with another bounty hunter that his name is Dirge. And Dirge appeared in the 2003 Clone Wars cartoon that we will also be talking about shortly. Um, JG, do you remember Dirge? Are you, what do you know about him and how excited oh, yeah. are you to see a Legends character making his way back into canon? Oh my goodness, I am so excited. So not as much as like per se the whole Legends aspect, it's just like the character himself. Um, Dirge, because I grew up with that animated Clone Wars. Uh, he was also in some other Legends content as well as I learned this week, like some comics and other material. Um, but Dirge, Dirge is just a unique villain. And I think when you add unique characters, it just makes Star Wars fun. Like, I remember watching the uh, the animated 2D Clone Wars as a kid over and over and over. And I remember always loving the look and how cool and how B.A. Dirge looked. Like, and now that he's canon, and I, I just, I personally love it because even though Legends has barely any meaning to me, I know Legends is significantly important to a lot of Star Wars fans, and I never want to minimize that. 
And so the fact that these fans can now have another piece of um, what they love about Star Wars in canon um, always makes me really happy because I think um, the more and more that you can add from Legends into canon, um, you generally have a lot of people happy. You have the Legends and the canon people happy. Um, so I think it's overall really, really good for Star Wars. Yeah, in a matter of five years, look at how many Legends characters have made their way and be, been canonized, especially Thrawn. So it makes you wonder how long until we see other famous characters. Mara as, Jade, Mara Jade, please. It's a matter of time. I, I don't know much about her, but I would love to see her just from the little I do know. Um, all right, we're going to move on to our TV side. And again, we have lots of great segues tonight, including the fact that Dirge, who appeared in Clone Wars, the 2003 micro short series, that had three seasons and that was broken up into two volumes. It's kind of hard to find right now. However, starting on April 2nd, you're going to be able to stream it on Disney plus along with a variety of other legends content, including the caravan of courage, Ewoks battle of Endor two Ewok films that were made for television, star Wars Ewok seasons one and two, which was an animated series. And last but not least, the story of the faithful Wookiee, which is a short animated feature or a short animated clip that was included in the Star Wars Holiday Special. So even though we're not getting the full Star Wars Holiday Special, we're getting a lot of Legends content. JG, I think I know which one you're most excited for. Can you tell us what else you're looking forward here with this April 2nd release on Disney Plus? Yeah, I'm, obviously I'm very excited for the Clone Wars. Um, grew up with that, watching that on Cartoon Network. I always remember being like, why are these so short? And then I actually got them on DVD. I still have them. It's one of the few pieces of physical media that I have still um but I actually in general I like like all the other stuff because I think it's it's cool to see where Star Wars was and even though it might be severely outdated um and probably not the most polished it could be fun I think if you look at it with the lens of like this is fun this is legends this is legacy content I think there's something that you can learn a lot from it like that this was someone's Star Wars at one point, and it might have that nostalgia feeling. I, I've seen actually, um, I don't remember much of it. I think a couple years ago, I watched Caravan of Courage. Um, I didn't hate it. You know, it, it's it's not like I'm gonna put Rogue on on Rogue One on or uh, the Last Jedi, but uh, I, I didn't hate Caravan of Courage. I, I like having the option to watch it. For sure, I also purchased a few of those when they came out on DVD years ago, and. I enjoy the, a couple of things about this. Um, I like that we have the ability to go back and watch this because, you know, on the Marvel tab on Disney Plus, they have put a lot of the Legends material, like the X-Men that don't fit in with the MCU. And so I think it's important, like if Star Wars really wants to have their complete library here, they are including everything. So um, this Legend material that you might have grown up with in the 80s with the Ewok show. Um, I did notice, you know, it's missing this two or three seasons of the Star Wars droids, which is focused on C-3PO yeah. and R2-D2. Do you think they're saving that for some other time because they don't want to confuse with the upcoming droids TV show they I, announced? I actually think they're going to use it to drop it when that drops out, like hmm. kind of like a, like a collaboration type thing, like kind of. That's a good idea. I, I think it's just easy. It's good marketing because I think, I think it definitely proves that like if they're willing to put this stuff on there, they're willing to put other stuff. Like I think holiday special like that could probably come either around may like around may 4th or um like holiday time that's that's gonna make it on there if you're if you're putting the animated part of that mm. 
on there. You're putting the Ewoks, the Caravan of Courage, all that stuff. It's going to make its way there. They have it. Why not? Is Why? there any chance that George Lucas like signed some type of agreement saying you can only do that because <laughs> that short animated clip he actually put as an Easter egg on the DVDs back in like 2004 or 2005. Like he is so, I think, mm -hmm. embarrassed and upset that he ever sunk to that level and sold out to do that holiday special that I think if I, if I had to guess, he probably made some agreement with Disney, like that will never see the light of day. And if you can find it on YouTube, but that's something I, I wonder if it'll ever be on Disney plus. And also, why do you think, why drop all this now? I know we have bad batch on May the 4th, but why not do like a big star Wars drop on May 4th? Is there a reason do you think they're putting everything out right now? It could be maybe just add some content for um, April. Maybe if April is leaning a little bit smaller on what they're adding for Disney Plus, because I think April really they're just the big major thing is uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But besides that, from yeah. the top of my head, I don't think they're really adding much. Um, I think it's just you know continually giving uh, um, Star Wars fans and even Disney Plus subscribers just more content. Because um, like also like those really don't like. So like like I said with droids, like you could release that when the new droids drops. Mm -hmm. uh, Life Day, it could come out like you know in November, whatever Life Day is or whatever date it is. Yeah. Um, these other things like they don't really like necessarily fit into other things. So it's like oh let's just drop it in April. We're we're light on content. Let's give the Star Wars fans a little extra something. Um, that would be my best bet. But I think if if Lucas did that, I would be bummed because <laughs> I don't know. There's just there's just something fun and quirky about the uh, the, the the holiday special. Mm. Like, um, I've actually have seen that thing probably too many times than I probably should. Yeah. Um, more than five times. Twice and for me. Twice. It's just it's one of those. It's a rite of passage. I feel mm -hmm. as a Star Wars fan. Um, you have to watch it at least once. So. Yeah, and um, one other thing before we move on, like I know, want to add on to what you said about Star Wars Clone Wars. I really felt like, again, this came out a couple years before the more famous clone, the Clone Wars. And so I really felt like this Clone Wars, there's so much in it that I wish would be canonized because like you're getting your very first introduction to Asajj Ventress and how she yeah. came to work with Count Dooku. You get your introduction and it's kind of scary even for a kid's show of General Grievous when he first pops up. And then the whole final arc really showing how Palpatine gets kidnapped and it leads directly. Like it was a perfect watch this, then turn right on to Revenge of the Sith, like oh, yeah. one into A New Hope. And so there's lots of places that could have answered and filled in the gap. Like you even saw how Anakin got his scar on his face. Yes. And there, I feel like you could easily kind of make this fit in and they never did for some reason. But I do wonder if they're going to put like a Legends banner on that uh, Star Wars tab because they don't want to get people confused on what is official, what's not. Yeah. But, I mean, they've got other smaller kitty stuff on disney They'll probably use that term legacy again like yeah the, the marvel stuff i think uh, that clone wars it's it's very underrated to the people who don't know about it and haven't seen it it's it's really special and that style of animation which it kind of reminds me of the animation for um it's not the same as resistance but yeah. in the same in, in the same idea that it's different from clone wars and like rebels I love like that very um, exaggerated look, that very um, almost like Samurai Jack, which makes sense because yeah, yeah. it's the same thing, like very exaggerated. And so I think um, just having like having more Star Wars is just good stuff. Yeah. So we'll have to see. I'll look forward to kind of going back and 
uh, digging into some more of the Ewok stuff that I might have missed the first time around. Our last story for tonight um, in the TV side. Aladdin actor from the Aladdin live action movie, Mena Masad, fuels Ezra Bridger rumors with an Instagram tease. He posted an image this week and his caption was, hey, just so you know, when I escape, I won't hurt any of you. For most people, that's just a caption. However, the Kessel Run Transmissions Twitter account said that this is a direct quote from Ezra Bridger in an episode of Star Wars Rebels. So obviously, there's something going on here. Is is, do you think it's official? Is he kind of teasing his what he knows, or is it just him promoting himself? What do you think, JG? Uh, he's he's Ezra. <laughs> he's been cast. No. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, it is the direct. Like I pulled it up because I was like, oh. And then I like looked it up on Disney Plus, and I was like, that that that's a quote, that word to word. And it's one of those things where he he obviously probably got permission because same being the fact that he's worked with Disney before, he knows the rules and all that. He's obviously probably got permission. But even if he like were, he's like, I'm just, even if he didn't, or if there was like some little like gray area there, he could be like, I'm just quoting, I'm just putting a quote there. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm in it. I just, that's you guys, but come on. Yeah. How, how, how more ch- uh, for, for the Brits out there, how more cheeky can you get mm-hmm. by putting that quote out there? And like, everyone has said that Ezra is space Aladdin. Like it just, whenever that rumor came up, um, I had never, or the leak, I guess, yeah. um, that he was being considered, um, that he was the front runner for this. I had never thought about it. But then when I start putting those thoughts together, it makes so much sense. The age, the face, the physique. He hasn't had jobs apparently since Aladdin, which is really, I think that's horrible. Like he's an amazing actor. And I'm so glad now that we get him. If he is to be Ezra, I'm so glad because he's going to be perfect he's Ezra like unless something has happened he has been cast and we will see him as Ezra yeah and every article that posts those pictures side by side comparison like I do see that connection so well like uh, I know there are a lot of people and previously on this podcast I know Brian and Richard talked about um, the original actor that voiced him on the show having the chance to play him and I I wish he would have as well but man there's there's something here and I I wish him luck. And I, again, I hope we do get to see this and I wish they would just officially announce it instead of keep, you know, leaving us in the dirt with it, but that's how they roll. You know, you know they're not, you know, they, we all knew that we all knew about uh, Bo-Katan and we all knew mm-hmm. about Ahsoka. They, they said nothing, even, even up until they said nothing, you know, we're not going to know until he first shows up in Ahsoka or wherever we see him first. Like, yeah, I think that's, and because of the fact of like, he kind of could pull off also a young Ezra. Like he could pull off like an older Ezra, but he could also, he's still young. Mm-hmm. So I think that's cool. Cause like you could have him show up in other shows if you wanted to as younger Ezra. Like he has that younger face that the, some of those actors have. And I think that's what's a really interesting possibility is that as we continue to get more Disney plus shows, like, yeah, they're going to be focusing on like the Ahsoka show, the Ranger yeah. show and that whole lead up to Thrawn as we presume. Yeah, that we're leading to. Um, you can still have flashbacks of young Ezra and have him play that because he does look young. And I know you and I are both kind of re-watching some Clone Wars now, and a few other people in our podcast group are. Um, it makes you want to finish Clone Wars to see Ahsoka's whole story and then all of Rebels, because really I feel like everything being teased, like if there was ever a plan for an animated show for a Rebel sequel. That's mm-hmm. been left, and now we're getting a variety of different live-action shows to finish out these stories. But I'm excited. I can't wait. I mean, 
it'll be here before we know it and yeah. it'll be great. Um, so that was a little bit shorter of a show today. We don't have any more video game news, um, but we would love to hear from our audience. Tell us what you think. Do you agree with us? Do you disagree? Please send in your feedback. So if you want more content from Star Wars Canon Podcast, please check out our Patreon and head over to the Discord server links where we will. there will be a description of episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, for myself and JG, along with all the other hosts of our podcast, we hope you have a great week and join us next week. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you.